dear Brian McLean. Dead Coaches Corner. You're listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast with your host, Andy Plymer. For someone to explain. Bringing you up-to-date coaching concepts from the world of rugby. Sharing ideas to make the game better. Okay, welcome to episode number 20 of the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Plymer, and I'm joined today by a very special guest in Michael Checker. Michael is the head coach for the Wallabies, and we met when he was over here in Canada at the Rugby Canada Coaching Conference, and he agreed to kindly come on the show. Uh, after a successful playing career with Randwick uh, for over 300 games and seven shoot shield victories and a few seasons in France and Italy, Michael moved into coaching and started in Italy and returning to his home club of Randwick for several seasons. He then headed over to Leinster for a very successful five years, guiding them to their first European title in 2009. Uh, had a brief stint in Stade Francais and then took over at the New South Wales Waratahs and uh, they secured the Super 15 title in his second year in charge. He's currently the uh, in the middle of his 2016 rugby championship preparations, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Michael. So welcome. Thanks a lot, mate. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Um, so busy 15 years of coaching there. How's how's the ride been? <laughs> Has it been that long, really? <laughs> Seems know. like it. <laughs> uh, but it's been yeah, like I've um, it's been really enjoyable. I've never really thought about it. You know, like it's going to be. I'm going to be. I never want to be what I, I still don't consider that I am a career coach. I just think yeah. uh, something I tried and I enjoyed, and and um, next thing you know, yeah, that's what you're doing. You're doing it. Yeah, it's great. And to to wake up every morning and do what you what you love doing must be pretty pretty sweet. It is very nice. Yeah, I awesome. Certainly, um, think that that's a, that's really the best part of it. You know what I mean? Because you do you get to do. Get to do something that you know you love, and and that's um, that's uh, we're really lucky, or I'm really lucky, I know, to be to be um, be in that situation. So you know, made all going well. Um, we can enjoy it for this year as well. Yeah, beauty. All right, so going back to your your first couple of roles there, with uh, you coached a bit in Italy, and then came back to Randwick. Um, what, what do you reckon were some of the key kind of learning areas for your coaching there from like just experiences that you went, right, I, I can't do it that way. I've got to do it this way from now on. Yeah, uh, I think um, the big things for me were, first of all, I never really considered coaching when I was a player. So yeah. I, I just had the opportunity to go one day and I thought, you know what, I'm going to take this. And I went to Italy. So I... I found out that I really actually quite enjoyed it when I went there. Now, I was coaching in another language. Mm. Now, I, speak, I speak that language, but uh, it, it showed me straight away how important that communication is. Um, because yeah. even though I spoke the language, there's all, and, and then again when I went to coach in France later on, you speak the language so you can get your message across, but, you know, rugby's a lot about inspiring. Uh, coaching's a lot about inspiring or and motivating as well. So in the key moments... Sometimes the language barrier could get in the way, and that, that's really important. And that tells me that communication is probably the most important thing in coaching, you know what I mean? So you might have the skills, the technical part or whatever, but you've got to always get your message across in the way that, you know, the people that you're coaching are, are, are understanding why and how. 
and I think that's really that really was the first experience I had, and and it framed a lot of what I wanted to do, how I did things going forward. Yeah, and no, I suppose that's even relevant when you're coaching in your mother tongue too. Very much so. I think it's more relevant there. Yeah. Like it's, you've got an excuse when you when you're in a foreign <laughs> yeah, language. exactly. But you don't have an excuse when you're in your mother tongue. You know what I mean? And that's that's really the key. I suppose um, it's. Uh, no matter whether you're trying to express technical matters or, or tactical or mental or physical, you've, you've got to be able to make it something that someone wants to do and um, and therefore you've got to be able to enjoy it. You've got to make them enjoy it but also understand that it's an important part of the preparation as well. Yeah, right. Okay. So so after that you you had, um, you know, two pretty different European experiences, one at Leinster where they're probably uh, – Probably ready to build a statue of you in the in downtown Dublin, and and then uh, a couple of years at Stade Francais. What what were the what were the the main differences there, and what were some of the takeaways from those two experiences? Well, mate, obviously, um, the the main difference is the, the I suppose the cultural piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Anglo-Saxon side to the Latin side, and how the difference it was a great. The Stade Francais was a great experience for me too because. It was a little bit different because I was going to have a year off at Le- after Leinster. Yeah. And I was actually going to live in Paris anyway. I've always had an attachment. I played there and we were about to have the twins. So I've got, I had one child already, a young child, and we were about to have twins and we we're just going right. to take a year off. And then uh, the opportunity came to coach staff on stage the last minute and I probably didn't do my own due diligence around the, the situation of the club and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, that was the first mistake. But then after that, even though it probably didn't go as well as I would like it to, it's still a very invaluable time that I spent there because it really made me, when, when the club had big financial trouble, I had to learn a whole different part of coaching, which was mm. you know, managing that situation. We recruited a, a staff of guys and that are trying to keep that happen. And then also a new owner comes in, all that type of stuff. Also, understanding your place within the within the, the organisation in, in a different systems, Ireland federated model, where the Irish Rugby Union was in charge of the provinces. Really, provinces still have a lot of autonomy, and you work within that structure. And then you go over to France, private ownership, and dealing with um, <clears throat> direct reports up, you know, and then an owner or two owners in my instance who have different relationships with all different types of people, players, etc trying to keep everyone in a line, you know, in, in what we're doing. So the, the owner, the chairman, the CEO, myself, the captain, staying in that order, in that line. And then it's not easy to do over in France when it's private ownership. But mm. I'm still obviously very good friends with uh, the owner of the club now. And um, even though, you know, he let me go in the end um, because I wanted certain things in the team that he didn't want, but at the end of the day, he, he puts his hard-earned cash in and pays for the team. So you've got to respect that. You know, yeah. Putting his money where his mouth is and he's allowed to do that. So you've got to understand as a coach where you sit within, just like you would in any other company, I suppose. That, um, you, you, and you know that going into the job, so you've got to accept that. Yeah, I suppose that's another skill you learn too, is just managing those expectations about what you can, what you can achieve in that, in that environment. 
Well, managing upwards is was just as important as managing downwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's their key relationships, and they've, they've got to be built, and and that makes your team strong in the end. You know. So, look, I, uh, I, I'm a big, I'm still a fan of the Stade Francais, and mm. love the time I spent there, and a lot of respect for the owner there, Thomas Savard. And then in Ireland, obviously, it was a brilliant experience. It was tough there too. Like there was a there's some times where it, it wasn't going as well as we wanted it to. And, um, you know, the standard, you know, all the noise comes down, you know, <laughs> it's not happening you guys. But, mate, it comes down, that's probably what it, it teaches me the most is that it taught me the most in both those places about self-belief, you know. You've mm. gotta, you prepare well, believe in what you're doing, and don't worry about the results. They'll, they'll just be a consequence of what you've done. And that's where I really learned that over that little block there in between those. In, in the last couple of years, in, in that little time, that time I spent Ireland, France really taught me that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I, I listened to a couple of uh, Irish rugby podcasts and the, they can be tough on their their coaches, the Irish fans, for sure. Uh, you're not wrong. And, mate, <laughs> I think, yeah, like, that, that's, that is a tough part for coaches. But it goes, like, I, I don't get that stressed about it because mm. it's... Uh, but as long as you know you're doing the best you can. Yeah. You know, if your team doesn't do any good, it doesn't mean you're a bad person or yeah. you've done something illegal or something like that. You just, <laughs> well, you know, you can only do your best. And and that's the goal is to do your best, prepare the best, do your absolute best. But the wins and the losses will then accrue according to what you do and how you perform. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that kind of leads me into my next next piece there. One of the, one of the things that came out in your presentation um, at, at the Rugby Canada Coaching Conference is the importance that you place on team culture. Do, do you feel that team culture can be the difference between winning and losing? And, you know, what what have been some of the your favourite team culture activities you've done? You mentioned a few that you did with the Waratahs. Uh, yeah, I suppose um, it's a really important part. You know, it's not the only thing, but yeah. it is probably once you've assembled your team... Because recruitment and all those things are important. Identity leads to the culture that goes around the team. And I think that the, the players, once you've got that set up, it helps you recruit. It helps you prepare your training. And it helps you do everything, you know. And, and I, I'm a, I'm a big believer that that's just as important, if not more, than, you know, the tactical and the technical side of things, which are important too, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I think that's... They're, they're very important parts of the puzzle. But we're playing team sports because we want to be a part of a team and um, and therefore having a good value system within the team and a clear identity uh, helps you um, to, I suppose, surpass your potential because, you know, you want players to be looking to, to make the most of their potential and then you, by the advent of the team and, and the coach, Help them go beyond their potential when they're when they when they need to over mm. the 80 minutes. That's, that's very much something that the team culture can help you do. You know, not to mention the fact that it's somewhere you want to be a part of once you respect and you love that culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the one I liked the most that you you talked about was the the family trees that you you, um, you asked the the players from the Waratahs group to to do. Can you you talk a bit a bit about that? Oh, yeah, I think it was just something to get... Oh, but one of these, we did uh, just an exercise on everyone, you know, doing their family tree. It's not something that uh, you 
would do every day, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And it starts to make you think. And then well, one of the big things about all of these activities, mate, whether it's that one or anything else, is it gets the players in the team um, thinking about uh, being honest in front of each other. Mm-hmm. And that that's a real key, you know what I mean? If you, once players in the team culture start to get honest, like truly honest with each other, it makes a big difference. Again, it grows a lot of respect, you know, within the players. And uh, it's a nice environment to be a part of. I think that's a that's the important thing. It's a really nice environment to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of the one of the the fun parts of coaching. I think is watching that watching that playing group uh, kind of form and gel and go through some tough times together, but but also kind of battle together. And if you that 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 culture piece is the glue that that keeps them together. Yeah, I, I believe that. You know, everyone's got a different philosophy, and I don't ever pretend to think that um, my way is the is the right way, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just think for me and my coaching, the way I would coach or I've happened to coach, that that suits, it suits me. It suits the way I, um, that I, I like to do it. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so you're, you're two years or so into, your, into the Wallabies role now. What, what, have, what have been some of the key coaching lessons that you've learned so far in, in that role? Oh, man, I think it's very different. It's very different because um, because you're uh, you not got like a pre-season build-up and and all of that. You, yep. you, you, you've got to think of a select as a selector almost for half the year and then as a coach for the other. Mm. Don't try to think too much as a coach right now because the... Um, because the Super Rugby teams are doing all that work, you yeah, know, exactly. and they're coaching there and 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 all that type of stuff, you know. But um, I just uh, I just think that it's about really knowing your players because you don't have them for as long, mm-hmm. and as soon as you get them, you're straight into footy, so you don't have the chance. Well, you, you've got to make sure you get to know the players inside out and you have to know a rather large group of players because it's not the the 30 that you'd have in super rugby it's maybe a group of 50 or 60 that you're following and to try to get the most out of those guys you've got to try to learn about them and you're not always with them so it's not always easy to build that relationship so that's something i think is really important you know but of course you've got to have technical stuff but you're very fortunate because you've got the choice of the best players in the country. So you don't have to do any recruitment. You know, you, that, that's the best that your nation's producing. So you've got to make sure you, you're selecting the best you can and, and then um, picking uh, the right guys to do the right jobs, you know, and in your team. Yeah, so that that must have been um, a big part of what, what you were doing with the with the playing group when you, you took a large portion of them over to Cockatoo Island just recently. Yeah, that's very much it. We do these, we have these things morning after meets and squad like So sometimes earlier in the year, for example, there was a few derby matches. Oh yeah, there was after a couple that, of beauties. <laughs> yeah, we we'd uh, we get the guys from the squad to get so if the Waratahs are playing the Brumbies. Yeah, that was a good the guys one. Guys squad get together the next day, have breakfast together. We talk a bit of footy. 
uh, we'd get the chance to socialise with each other, you know, the day after they belted each other around a little bit. So that's, I think, a very good good way to practise some of the values that are important to us. So, you know, the winners bring their humility, the losers bring a certain resilience because it's not easy to back up and, and meet the guy who beat, who beat you up the night before. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you've got to be resilient around that. So I, I like doing that with the players. I think it's... You know, it, it makes them understand a bit more how to manage their emo- like their emo- the emotional side of that mm. and also build good relationships when the team does come together and play, and that's very important within yeah. the team. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so on, on, the, on to the World Cup. Um, the World Cup just gone, obviously. Um, was, there, was there ever a time in the World Cup where you, you watched a game and you looked at it and you go, yeah, that's something that I was coaching and... We worked really hard on that, and now it's transferring to the game, to the field. Oh, yeah. Look, you'd like to think so, but you know, we're talking about the, you know, some of the best players going around. So yeah, yeah. They've got a lot of, they've got a lot of smarts. You know, you just got to put them together with some shape and say, well, it's, you know, this is what we're playing. This is how we're playing. This is what, and get them to understand why they're playing, and then. You know, let them go on their merry way. I don't, I don't feel like, as a coach, I have the right to say, "Well, yeah, I, I, I did this. I, I, you know, I made them play like that." Yeah, exactly. I, you know what I mean? I don't. I, I sort of don't think like that. I, I think that it's the combination of guys together that create the style. We, we certainly, of course, we have a sort of shape or we have strategy that we talk about, etc. But at the end of the day, players make that come to life, and and they probably put their own little twist on it as well. Yeah. So in my situation, which is probably a little bit different than if I was coaching, you know, um, a junior team or a sub, you know, a, 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 a club team or whatever, where you probably work on more things on a day to day basis, and um, uh, and and a coach probably coaching those teams would see that more and for me it's more about and I suppose when I watch the games enjoying the guys, you know, doing what I know they can do, you know, achieving the 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 potential that they have around their skill, um, whether it be a contact skill or a, a, an attacking skill or a, you know, whatever it might be kicking skill, whatever it is, and doing it consistently right, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Doing it consistently level that they want to. I think that's when you know you've prepared well because there's, they're, they're consistently doing good things. Yeah. Okay, great. And what what about you personally as a coach? What what's your what are your favourite areas or area of the game to coach? Uh, the touch footy before training normally. <laughs> I think that's Carve it up. That's where I'm okay. I'm good at commentating and I'm not very good at playing it, you know, but uh no, look, you know, I like it all. Well, I yeah. like a bit of everything. I like the attack, and I like the def- I like the contact part of the game as well. Yeah. You know, but I'm very lucky. I've got good coaching staff. We're mm. growing together. We're all very young. I'm not, I'm not really that young in age, but young in experience at international level. Yeah. And as a, as a Nathan and, and Stephen and Mario, mm. we're all pretty raw around international coaching. So we're learning along the way as well about what it means, you know, compared to guys like Steve Hansen and, yeah. um, you know, and, and Eddie Jones and guys like that who have coached uh, at the international level for a fair while, we're still all pretty raw, you know. So we're, we're still trying to get our head around how we can be best at that 
that job. But um, at the same time, I think uh, being part of training, you know, we do a lot of training stuff with the guys too, you know, especially a lot of the physical stuff. If they're running hills, we'll go run hills. If they're yeah. doing, you know, different preparations, we'll do that with them. And I think it's it's just a bit of to, you know, understand the balance between coach and and, and comrade, you know, and um, and I don't know, I like being involved in all parts of the game. I don't, I've had to improve in my knowledge of the set pieces and um, since I've got, especially into back to rugby in Australia, because, yep. uh, you know, it's an area we haven't focused on as much. Absolutely, yeah. So with the Waratahs and then also with the Australian team, I've really tried to improve my knowledge and understanding of uh, and how I coach those parts of the game and the importance that they put on them. And, um, and so that's been, uh, that comes with people. So having someone like Mario around has really helped doing yeah. that. Has helped me get. Yeah, that, that must be great. Just, um, you know, chatting about all that stuff and, um, you know, digging deep into some of the issues or areas that you're, you're not, not comfortable with or not, yeah. not confident with or new yeah, ideas. Yeah, well, coaches have got to be first to admit that that's all, you know, I'm not, I, I need to be better at that. Not yeah. that I'm not good at that, I need to be better at that. Mm. And I'm not necessarily even to go and coach it, just to know it, especially if you're the head coach, you know, like you can't just, I don't feel like I can just, uh, you know, say, oh, mate, you, you do that and oh, I won't worry about it. I've yeah. got to think about yeah. how I can add to that. The more people that are, that are talking about it, the better the outcome's going to be. Yeah, perfect. Okay, and if someone was to watch you coach, what 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 are they going to see in here? How's it? How is your session going to look? In just in general, like uh... yeah, they're pretty fiery more often than not. <laughs> like there's a lot of we like to think there's a lot of pace and intensity in there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Also, not just in the session, but also from the coaches, you know. And there won't be a lot of talk. But most of the preparations done beforehand, we're lucky in that way we can do that. Um, a lot of guys who you know might be listening to these little cages have got just the time they're out on the field, so they have to spend that time you know instructing or giving information out. But we like to think that that's our our modus operandi. You know, it's our style. We're well prepared. We go out. We train hard, um, and we're able to give good um, feedback on the run mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah, like stopping everyone through lots of details. So. Um, and and we like it to be. We're not worried. If, we're not. We encourage technical um, excellence, but also not. At the same time, we wouldn't be too down on people trying things or, or making a mistake, as long as the technique is right and the, the intent is right. So, you know, it's a bit a bit of a summary. You know, I suppose quickly yeah. about how it looks. You know, from a philosophical point of view, you know, more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and um, Eddie Jones coming over to Australia, that's going to be that's going to be a fun time? Yeah, look, mate, he's, he's done really well yeah, absolutely. here and, and overseas. And, you know, as much as it's, yeah, everyone's, a lot of people are talking about that part yeah, of it. be a beat-up. I think, um, oh, no, it's not a beat-up, that's good. Because the more noise about the game, the better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, the game is decided on the field by the players. It doesn't matter what the gadgets do. So 
So, but obviously we're, we're good friends and I yeah. respect him a lot. He's, uh, we played footy together mm. and, you know, I would have taken advice from him growing up coaching. So at different times and he's always been very forthcoming with that for me. So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to it, but m- more because, you know, it's great. I think we've improved a lot, you know, since the World Cup and it'll be really good for us. I think it's important for us this year. Last year went okay, even though we, we could have gone better because we could have won the final. Mm. And um, there's a few other opportunities there that we, we missed out on. And what we need to do this year is improve our rugby, like yeah. improve the, the type of play and improve some of the other areas. And, and having the number one team from Europe come over and play us in three tests in a row is a really good way um, for us to to say, right, this is how we're going to improve and show it on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And it'll it'll just it's just that that great class of Wallabies versus England. Everyone loves it, and uh, it'll yeah. be huge. Yeah. All right. Well, we we always close the show off with uh, the same four questions. Um, first question: When you when you were a kid growing up, who was uh, who were some of the, the the rugby players that you you liked watching the most? Ooh, rugby players I like watching the most. I was brought up as a league kid. Yeah, me I, too, I, me I, too. I probably watched a bit more league. Yeah. But then if I, if I thought about that and you look across the uh, players that may have crossed over both codes back in the day, I think uh, being a number eight, uh, Ray Price was always Oh, yeah, absolutely. over both codes, uh, you know, uh, brilliantly tough and, you know, hard. And I think... Um, I suppose someone who, who's played both league and union, uh, that would be a guy that, you know, is a, is um, is a favourite of mine. And, uh, you know, I always used to like watching a player called Arthur Beaton because yeah, he was absolutely. Off-load, yeah. and off-load, so... Uh, that was always that was always good to watch him, you know. Yeah, that was a that was the heyday of rugby league back then. You know, you're talking yeah. the classic Parramatta Canterbury Bankstown kind of battles, and uh, even though Arthur yeah. Beeson, he was East, wasn't he? He was East, and yeah. then, you know there was a, a period there of I think Manly and Cronulla and Manly, or Manly and Parramatta. There, yeah. was, there was a few good rivalries back then too. So yeah. uh, there were some great players around. Uh, oh, absolutely, and. and same in rugby too, you know what I mean. There were so many good players. I, I didn't. I suppose I never. I, it, I, it's not like I watched this guy growing up, but he mm. finished when I started playing Markella. Yeah. Right. So then, when he made a comeback, I was able to play a season with him at Randwick, and that was pretty exceptional too. Just for the information the guy's got in his head and the instinct around, around how he. Um, he prepared himself, you know, and then you look for rugby players, you you can't get, I always look to my own position, you know, I suppose, so, mm. you know, a guy like Mark Lyon or, you know, those types of guys are pretty impressive characters. Yeah, know? yeah, right. And what about now, who, like, in international rugby, who do you think's uh, doing doing some good work on the field? Ooh, that's... Uh, probably, probably, got to, probably got to be careful with that one. <laughs> yeah, well, no, 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 look, man, I'm not scared to say when there's good players. Like, yeah. I would... I'd leave my own team out of it for yeah, now. Yeah, that's you know what, what I mean. mean. Yeah. So I think if I, looked, if I looked overseas and, and, and like I've so many good international players, you know what I mean? I, I actually still think that, um, you know, 
Sonny Bill Williams hasn't hit his peak in rugby as yeah. yet. You know, I think he can go further, like, and have really good opportunity to do that in this season. I think that's, he's a pretty scary player. Sorry, that's pretty scary. No, well, he's an outstanding <laughs> player in both yeah. You know, he's done so well, and I think that I think he'll do well again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I, I I think uh, there's some some good players coming up. Um, that are starting to find there. You know, we know pretty much the traditional guys who are there and thereabouts, but, you know, I think there's some young players that are starting to come through in different um, countries. But I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of the Argentinian players. Yeah, you know? yeah they, me too. Yeah. You know, some of their, their back rowers are nice players, aggressive, yeah. and, uh, and their backs have got speed, you know. And I, and I just think there's... Yeah, we, we know that New Zealand are always going to produce great players too. So I, I think there's a smattering of them around the world coming through. I, mean, I don't really, I'm, it's hard to know when you look at it in an analytical point of view. You, you see those players stand out a bit more when you're watching them just as an out and out spectator, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think um, that there's some really good players amongst them. I've been. Uh, very impressed with the young second roller that's coming through for England. And oh, yeah, Georgia. absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, just good energy and youth and, you know, I really, um, really think he's, he's been a really nice addition to the English team. For sure. And, uh, and I think he'll make a big difference when he comes down here on tour. Yeah, 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 I agree. Okay, and what about uh, our third question? What, uh, who's, who's one of your... Your colleagues, a high-profile coach, who you who you admire the work they do. Oh, mate, that's a that's a tough one because you know you always obviously you see the players, the coaches who are coaching all the top teams. Mm. So, um, but I, I I really think that um, Vern Cotter's done a really good job. Yeah, you know, yeah. everywhere he's done a good job as a coach. I don't know him very well. Yeah, you know, but he's. Uh, Scotland playing really nice brand of footy, yeah. and uh, and and they're, they're they're playing, like I said, nice rugby, you know, and and improving all the time too. Mm. And um, I think that he he probably you know, it was a big choice for him to leave Claremont to go to Scotland, and I think he's making those posts uh, a winner so far. Yeah. Okay. Great. And last question: Who's who's someone maybe lesser known with a with a lower profile that um, that you think deserves a mention for the work they do? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> mate, you know what I would say? Oh, this is, and I suppose it's irrelevant. I suppose some of the Canadian people would would, hear, would know about as well. I, I like the work that Tim Walsh has done, the coach yep. of the women's team. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, they probably don't, they don't get the accolades as you know, they are now because you know, they're headed towards a... Olympic medal, hopefully. Yeah, but, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, he's done. He's been improving that team over as like a period. You know, he's done it for year, a few years, and he's worked to a plan, and he's he's getting those results. But he also um, has the development of the game in mind as well. And I think he's done an outstanding job with that team. And and um, you know they're in a good position now where they could win the, the World Series this year, and then mm-hmm. of course the big event of the Olympics coming up, and probably not that known, not wouldn't be our household name to everyone. So I think it is worth a mention. Yeah, absolutely, no, I totally agree. Okay, well thanks, thanks very much, Michael, um, for for 
tapping into your, your busy schedule. I really appreciate you you coming on the show, and um, you know it's been been a great chat, and I've I've really enjoyed it. And like I said at the the conference, as a as a rusted on Wallabies fan, I'm I'm just stoked with uh, the direction the the jersey's going, and um, thanks to you and all the other coaches for all the work you've been doing. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Cheers. Okay, so there you have it, World Rugby Coach of the Year, Michael Checker. I'm stoked that I got to chat to him and uh, I got a bunch out of it and hopefully you did too. So before I sign off, I just wanted to mention a rugby coaching blog that uh, one of the listeners uh, emailed me some information on. I thought uh, some people might get some benefit out of it. It's written by a young coach. He's 19 years old. He's, uh, his name's Benny Lynch uh, and he contacted me just wanting to talk about the blog and saying that he listens to the show and that uh, he's a young coach chipping away and uh, has decided to blog his adventures as being uh, a new up-and-coming coach. So if you want to check it out, it's uh, bennysrugbycoaching.wordpress.com. It's B-E-N-N-Y-S-R-U-G-B-Y-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.wordpress.com. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll have a look in and... Uh, every week and see what he's writing about and I think it's a good good spot that uh, you know we can learn from each other and uh, no matter what age and what experience level. Uh, coming up on the show next episode uh, back to uh, another member of the Wallabies organization this time former player Ben Darwin. Uh, we talk about his uh, his company Gainline uh, and it's a uh, it's a really really interesting chat I really enjoyed this one and um, that's uh, that's going to be out in two weeks time. After that, we go back to some uh, North American guests. Uh, we're talking about um, attacking trends in rugby, uh, backline attack and uh, general attacking trends, and also uh, coaching girls sevens as well. So uh, keep an eye out for those ones. And uh, as always, thanks again for listening, and I hope you're enjoying the stuff, and, and keep a lookout for future episodes. All right, cheers. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review via iTunes and keep listening for the next episode. You can also follow us on Twitter at RugbyCoachSCNR or via the website at TheRugbyCoachesCorner.com. Until next time, Keep sharing ideas to make the game better.